1: Welcome to Fintech Brews and News, brought to you by Central Payments and Falls Fintech. I'm Nikki Rohde.
0: And I'm Trent Sorby.
1: Founders, co-founders, payments professionals, and, well, just people who love brews. This is a place to get a behind-the-scenes look at unique partnerships and ways to bridge the financial gap between banking startups and the entire fintech industry whether it's a beer or coffee or something else there's certain to be a brew in every episode after all how do we function in this space without it each episode you're sure to take away some good stuff going on in the financial technology space so without further ado let's grab a brew Welcome back to another episode here at Fintech Brews. I'm Nikki Rohde along with...
0: I'm Trent Sorby.
1: And we have a brand new conversation to talk to you today about. Um, But before we do, again, a delicious... um, We're both sporting Sporting it today. The Woodgrain Brewery right here in Sioux Falls. Right over Um, here. Happens to be in the same building here as Falls Fintech. And so we're super grateful that they continue to pour out great brews. Again, not sure the name... I think it's an IPA. Once again, fruity, delicious, and always good. I'm having
0: the Hellas today, like I always have. The Hellas Light Lager. It's my favorite.
1: And uh, simple. So we're going to keep teaching him to go farther. But
0: the goal of the podcast is to expand my beer choices
1: and your coffee choices. Also, just black. I mean, there's something to be said about keeping it simple. So I'm going to give you that. Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about Bank as a Service, and not just bank as a service, but what we like to think of as real bank as a service. And so I'm going to pepper Trent, Trent with a bunch of questions about what that means and why do we think the word real is so important in this equation and uh, some other really cool things we're doing to make technology um, at the forefront of, of banking. So cool. Cool. Right on. So let's start, first of all, at um, bank as a service. Um
0: What a stupid name.
1: What a stupid name. (laughs) I hate, I think we had one time talked about bank as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, and as a service. So it's like all the asses in the industry. So many asses. So many asses. And so you can't really abandon the idea of bank as a service, but we can slap this real label on it. And what does that mean? Why why real bank as a service? First of all, what's bank as a service? I knew you were
0: going to ask me that. So... Really, banks as a service has come out of this concept that in order to offer financial products, that you, you were oftentimes faced with this idea of having to connect into legacy systems um, where you weren't able to pick services that you wanted. You had to sort of just take it all because that's all the system or the platform was capable of. Banks as a service has really come around um, and really revolutionize this idea of picking and choosing many services that you need from multiple parties potentially, um, and doing it very conveniently and easily within an API environment. Um, and, and really finding a way to build products much more efficiently, much more quickly, um, without having to involve legacy systems. And so, uh, You know, just like SaaS products and BAS products and like we were joking, so many asses. Mm -hmm. Um, Banking as a service has really been this phenomenon over the last, I want to say, maybe three or four years where companies, including central payments, uh, have come forward and said, look, we're going to build this platform uh, where you can come in, take the product Uh, Could be a product out of false fintech, could be a product that comes to us organically through our own biz dev channels and say, you know, ingest pieces of our platform that that work for you um, and take just what you need.
1: So that's really this kind of menu approach to of simplifying. When you think about we talked in an earlier episode about, oh, fintechs and banks and partnering and and banks kind of being beholden a bit to this clunky regulatory environment that just is what it is. and so dealing with a bank can be difficult. So bank as a service is really helping streamline and simplify doing business with a bank. Is that true in our case? To,
0: to some extent. Um, and before I talk about our case, I think it's you bring up an excellent point. For a lot of bank as a service platforms, the one piece that hasn't been solved for, ironically as it may sound, is the bank.
1: Hmm.
0: And so... You have bank as a service products out there or services or platforms um, that don't have a bank involved um, or have a bank issuer in the background that isn't part of the platform technologically. And so, you know, one of the things that we looked at as we looked across, uh, you know, bank as a service in general was like, wow, uh, our charter uh, is a competitive advantage. I mean, we really do think we're one of maybe two or three platforms out there that have a charter embedded in the service just like we have ID verification or anything like that. Um, To the point you made around the difficult regulatory climate, climate. it's complicated. It's complicated for FinTech. Uh, And so to have the bank as part of the platform, we think drives a whole lot of efficiency compared to those that offer many of the same services, uh, but then say, oh yeah, then there's also this third party bank, not really integrated all that much. whole other party. Uh, you would need to foster a relationship with them. That relationship can be a bit tenuous at times. Um,
1: well, and that's kind of what I was thinking about, too, is true or false. Bank as a service, as we know it out there today, where there's a bank somewhere downstream, if that bank gets a little bent out of shape or uncomfortable in some way, they could say, we're, we're out. And then that bank as a service platform is now stuck without a. Bank. I would argue
0: it loses its foundation at that point. You know, the whole authority to be able to offer products rests in the bank charter, um, and so, it, while the technology is certainly out there from non bank providers, um, and it's compelling technology, that's for sure. Uh, I, I do worry that um, fintechs out there are underestimating the importance of that bank relationship and the embedded the need for that to be a very embedded relationship.
1: When we think about real bass, how do how do we do that? Talk about what it is. Yeah. In
0: 2019, uh, we built a platform that we call OpenCP. And OpenCP is effectively a series of microservices, all API driven, entirely cloud-based that provides users with access to effectively every major every major financial services function you need from customer service, to IVR, to card uh, production, to um, ID verification, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And and those services um, are relatively consistent across all the providers, where I think um, what OpenCP has done for us uh, and where we try to draw distinctions when we have an opportunity is to point out that, so embedded in OpenCP is technology, charter, and choice. The, The technology feels relatively straightforward. Microservices, API, entirely cloud-based. Um, certainly one of the very few native cloud platforms out there. Mm-hmm. The charter is what we've been talking about, right? Bank charter embedded in the service. We are a bank. The choice aspect, I think, sometimes um, gets overlooked uh, in the sense that within each one of those microservices, and let's just say it's ID verification, for example, we're going to bring three or four solutions to market within that from three or four different providers. And so it allows our users to come in and have some choice within the platform.
1: Um, Talk about that for just a second. Sorry to interrupt you, but why, why is choice so important?
0: A lot of times certain vendors in the ecosystem are better at certain aspects of payments than others. There may be an ID verification company that is particularly good at uh, document scanning or selfie pictures that do imagery and that kind of stuff to help you. They they may be particularly good at that. Another one may be really good at verifying identities of uh, non-resident aliens, for example. So bringing choice into it allows users to effectively cascade their ID verification process to say, look, if I need this, I'm going here, if I need this, I'm going here, and I need this, I'm going here but I never have to create relationships with all those parties because I'm getting it at OpenCP. I'm getting it in central payments, bank as a service platform.
1: One of the things that we often hear is, how have I never heard of you guys before? Where have you been all my life? Um, If this is what you're saying it is, and you're the bank and you provide all the vendors, by the way, at a pricing advantage from a volume perspective of everything we're piping through there, what why why has nobody heard of this before?
0: You're right. We hear that all the time uh, I think one of the main reasons is that we haven't had a need to be venture capital backed Which means we haven't had a need to be um, Particularly outspoken in the in the PR realm of things. We aren't in a constant fundraising mode. We are profitable um, and so I think the success of OpenCP in our bank as a service platform has a lot to do with the fact that it is here, it's stable, It's the bank's embedded in it, and we haven't had to be out there talking about it all the time. Now, do we need to talk about it more? Sure. But for the most part, what we're finding is companies that come into us, whether they're a fintech startup that's looking for an embedded solution, there I said it again, um, a fintech startup coming in and looking for an embedded solution because they want to focus on UI and UX. Um, The bank as a service platform serves that need really well. Or it's a very established company, big brand, coming in and saying, I want a one-stop shop because I don't want to put all the pieces and the parts together. I I am not a financial services company. I need a financial product. And so efficiency is key. key. Vertical integration is key. Uh, And I think when when we have a quick conversation with them to say, did you know there's not this third party bank issue out there that you have to go connect? We are your bank too. Mm-hmm. You know, we sense light bulbs going off really quickly. Yeah. So it, it is a different because we, we haven't had to try to grab headlines everywhere in order to raise money, draw business, etc. Um, so much has just been organic yes. and it's and, and the and the platform is financially supporting itself.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one stop shop is is such a good word to use because on the false fintech side of the house. Company comes into the accelerator expecting to get some mentoring, some curriculum, some industry literate literacy, financial literacy stuff, and how to do this well. But in addition to that, of course, they get a bank partnership. But then, oh, and wait, there's more. <laughs> Call in the next 30 minutes. No, but oh, wait, there's more. Is here's a technology platform too that gives you an API connection and into our open environment to go and establish and fully set up your product um, with, with one connection.
0: Think of yourself as a start well as one of your, one of the startups that you deal with in false Fintech. Uh, you are burning cash. that's the reality of the business, right? And now you're having to go in, you're thinking about, okay, I've got to build a bank relationship, I got to build a processor relationship, I got to build this relationship. A, those take a lot of time. B. They don't always come together. To, in fact, they rarely come together at the same time. And C. They're going to be very expensive, big implementation fees, etc. And so, one of the things that OpenCP has done for the startup fintech community is it's brought the ecosystem to them, brought in an element of choice, and not brought in large time delays and huge, huge upfront financial commitments. They get the benefit of they get the benefit of our relationship with top of mind providers in the space.
1: And the regulators like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in the end, OpenCP is a risk management tool for us. When when we become more of a hub and less of a spoke, you know, the, the traditional sponsorship model for a bank, um, you're not in the middle of the data exchanges on any given day. Everything is done a bit removed, a bit on a day lag in some cases. Uh, OpenCP not only has been, you know, warmly received by the marketplace, but I think it's really bolstered our risk management because we're able to really be entrenched with our partners. Mm. Entrenched,
1: Um, new combination of embedded. I tried very hard there to avoid embedded,
0: but it it really allows more of a hub versus a scope, hub versus a spoke approach. Um, And that speaks well to all of the folks we have to answer to on the regulatory side, the legal Mm -hmm. side. Um, And and, and frankly, what what we like is that it it forces, it forces a deep relationship with that partner. And it forces the partner and central payments um, to really build together. That's right. Um, We're not as expendable anymore um, as what I think traditional bank sponsorship has been. Mm -hmm. Um, We come up the food chain, if you will, in terms of the value prop that we bring. Uh, So for us, bank as a service, it is the business now. I think think we were bank as a service before anybody knew what it was. We just didn't know what to call it. It's kind
1: of like people that say we were fintech before fintech had a name or a brand. Exactly. And so the, again, back to the regulator component, you hear this all the time, right? Where they say, but how do you, if you were a sponsorship model, but how do you really know that your partner is doing X, Y, and Z? And with OpenCP, it's again, mutually beneficial where the FinTech or any other provider of financial services wants to connect with us. We know because it's all connecting in and through us. We have the autonomy.
0: Yeah, take a simple example. How do you know third party is properly validating the ids of the person coming in right well we know because they come in tell us to go run it we then get the approval communicate it back to them and then we board the account on the processing platform so if at any point there is a problem in that we're in the middle of the problem versus i'll know tomorrow when that report comes in to make sure that you know that that's a, that the program is behaving as it's, as it needs to
1: so I'm going to take a little bit of a different swing for anybody that's listening that's like, okay, cool, get it, but I kind of still don't understand. Why can't I just go to another bass provider that's out there today and seemingly get most of what you're saying you're offering? Like, what's the differentiator beyond kind of what you've talked about? It's charter, but what else?
0: I think it's the, the first question I would ask is, uh, are you profitable today? Cause I'm building a business on top of you. Mm-hmm. So what is your financial capacity? If right you're a
1: FinTech, you're right. asking this, yes, right? Sorry. Okay.
0: And so I think one of the questions I would ask is, are you profitable? Are you a going concern? And what are you going to do if we reach a spot and becomes tough for you to raise money to keep feeding the cash burn that we know is going on? I think the second question is who is the bank issuer back here. Um, how untethered are they from your platform? Mm-hmm. And, hey, I'd like to talk to them. Um, maybe I just want to meet with them too. Can I do that? And what if I want to choose a different provider? What, what if they're uncomfortable with me? Then what do I do? What if they become uncomfortable with me? So as I think with, with embedded charter, um, again, I go back to what I said. When you're talking to us about technology, you're talking to us as your issuer too. The two are you know completely aligned because we can 't do either one without the other and, and and we don't need to go to a third party or the fintech doesn 't need to go to the third party and convince them hey i 'm working with XYZ platform over here you 're really going to like me, Mr. Bank or Miss Bank um, and I just think it just creates a more ver- vertically aligned relationship
1: compliance legal really, 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 really important things to be mindful of. We tell every fintech that comes in through false fintech, if you're not thinking about compliance, do it right now. Stop what you're doing. Think about how this is going to fit in the market, what regulators are going to say about this, what legal counsel would say about this. And what we constantly hear and we know, but a lot of fintechs don't know until they hear it firsthand is the bank is your most important relationship. So
0: doesn't it make, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Mm -hmm. doesn't it make sense then if the bank is the most important relationship, why are you one step removed in another model? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. If the, if the organization or the partner that can be most impactful to the future of your business, you can't call, you can't talk to, you can't visit, you don't know many of them. You've never been anywhere to see them. um, That feels tenuous to me. And I think in the end, when we, again, we go back to this concept of what's real bank as a service, real bank as a service is you're, you're, you're piping in to not only our technology, but our charter at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. The other thing I think about when it comes to OpenCP being the platform, there's no throwaway code in that. When you pipe in, when a FinTech or anybody for that matter pipes into OpenCP for the sandbox to try and do the things, when it's time for full market launch, whatever you've already done is virtually a flip of a switch or a key exchange, not a technical guy, of some sort. But should you choose to use a bank as a service platform, other than something like what we've built, you might have a different bank down the way. So everything you've coded to could be throwaway code. Is that true?
0: I think that's a I think that's a real risk. Or Worse yet, what if you went in, run into a problem and you come all the way through the sandbox environment, you come all the way through the CV environment, and then third-party bank, who you haven't really had many relations with, says, eh, not really interested. Or, we're really busy right now, talk to us in a year. Well, what have you, what have you done for the last six months? You've built a product. Um, you, you've really put yourself in a very vulnerable position. Um, so I think folks that come into OpenCP no going in, Um, it's the bank from the beginning. And barring anything unexpected, the bank's gonna carry you through all of those phases all the way to market launch. And that's just one of all the things that the FinTech is wrestling with. The the, the average founder has a hundred things going through their mind on any given minute. I just think it would be nice for them not to have to worry about their bank partner um, at that point. They've got plenty of other things to worry about.
1: What's next for OpenCP? How do we keep evolving this and meeting everybody's needs? Uh,
0: Choice, choice, choice. Um, Building out the ecosystem more, doing new things, um, more providers, uh, more cost efficiencies, uh, just bringing best in class through the whole platform from from beginning to end. Uh, And I think that's going to be important, not just for, we've been talking so much about the startup fintech, But it's really important for the big brands as well. The big brands that wanna come in and have assurances that they're doing business with um, financially stable companies, companies with great reputations, companies that have an excellent reputation for stability. Uh, And so it's incumbent upon everybody at Central uh, and OpenCP To just keep feeding that from a product standpoint with to support as many ideas as possible all the brands are thinking about ways in which they can monetize financial flows going on within their product and it really doesn't matter what the product is Mm -hmm. it can be rideshare it can be mobile carriers it can be payroll providers it can be i mean the list goes on and on but what they're watching is all of these financial flows going back and forth within their business and saying Hey, how do, how do I get in the middle of that? Because I'm not really involved in that today. And there's maybe a way to monetize activity that I already know is going on. Uh, And that's really where they get excited about bank as a service because it is plug and play for them. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't need to be a bank. Um, they don't have to go build the ecosystem again themselves, turn themselves into a financial services company, which many of them don't want to be, uh,
1: which is expensive and lengthy. Right, right. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. So, you know, we, we think, uh, I think bank as a service is probably the the most important thing going on right now in FinTech and in payments and really in banking. Um, I think users are going to fall in to uh, top of mind brands that want to embed financial services in their product. And then I think it's probably FinTechs that think of themselves as apps in an app store that want to connect into a bank as a service provider Uh, In order to create what really feels like open banking in the US. We don't have true open banking here like they have in Europe, but uh, I think in what this is, Bank as a Service is as close as the US has come. And I think it's gonna be great for these user experience applications that are out there. I mean, we've got some great examples of them that are using us as sort of the, I always say it's sort of like the old days. I mean, back when, at your age. Mm
1: -hmm. uh, Uh It's sort of like Uh
0: the old old days of prepaid where we used to call them stored value cards. I think that's really where financial institutions are going to find themselves. They're the custodians of value. The applications that consumers use to do the things they want to do... um, are gonna change and they're gonna vary all the time. And one's gonna be from one company and one's gonna be from another company. Uh, You have to wait to connect to all, the consumer wants to connect all those apps Mm -hmm. to you. um, Mm -hmm. And you need to be the custodian of value in that thing.
1: Yeah, makes sense. So take me to the next step of theorize what's happening next in bank as a service. What's gonna happen?
0: I think you are going to see I hear this concept all the time about the the super app, Um, the app where you're going to be able to go into one app and handle financial services, wireless, uh, streaming television services, everything in one place. I think that's going to have that the financial services component of that is going to come through Bank as a service, and it's going to be these large aggregators building these super apps. they're going to need bank as a service. They're going to want that because they want open banking to let their users plug in um, to their super app, regardless of whether they have a bank account at, you know, first state bank of small town, South Dakota, or J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, it's, it's really the, in my mind, it's the democratization of, of banking right now. And so it'll be really fun to watch. And I think if you embrace open banking, if you embrace the idea of being infrastructure, uh, and being stored value and letting companies build fascinating applications out there. Um, I, I think that's, that's the future role of financial institutions.
1: Always bringing it back to brews, um, like Starbucks, right? Starbucks, you go and you have this hefty menu and what's an Americano and what's a chai tea latte and all these kinds of things and it's complicated, but OpenCP is kind of all but made a way to give people choice Pick what you want, and we guide you along the way of here's what it is here's what you can do with it, and kind of keep it simple, but let the control be in
0: it, it's it becomes very communal uh, users will begin to talk to us and other users to say, "Have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. Have you thought of, I figured out a really cool way to do this, and all of a sudden it becomes a bit of almost open source where we're going to find folks developing on top of us that are sharing ideas with others that want to develop on top of us and pretty soon all new processes are going to come out of this so it's it's very very organic and it's just really really exciting for us it's keeping up you know where's the future of this it's all the pipes that we have to continue to connect we aren't at a spot where consolidation is happening yet and so there's always going to be different ways in which money can move i you you hear me say it all the time like we're just moving money yeah Now, the rails that those money movements run on, I don't see that stopping anytime soon.
1: Right, real-time payments, faster payments, different channels and forms of payments, so you- Same
0: day ACH, uh, you know, all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, so why don't other banks do this?
0: I think there's probably, we enjoy, uh, we enjoy a couple of unique advantages. One is super, super large banks find themselves you know, restricted by, by law, right? The Durbin amendment says if you're above 10 billion, the interchange you earn on payments products like debit cards and prepaid cards um, is substantially less than what banks under 10 billion would earn. So you sort of have a bit of a natural barrier to entry there. And plus we all know large banks don't move quickly. They'll be the first to say it. Um, They recognize the threat. I mean, JP Morgan Chase, you know, Jamie Dimon in his annual letter to shareholders was very clear they view FinTech as a significant threat. then you have, so so that sort of leaves us with banks under ten billion. Those that are still tethered to their core processing platform, those that still think everything they do technologically has to come through one of four companies providing their core platform. Right. Um, I think it's very hard for them to wrap their head around philosophically the idea of untethered cores.
1: Um,
0: I know the first time, you know, as as we talk to bankers and bankers associations, I say untethered core and you can just kind of see them like just... Right. um, And it takes a big investment, right? You have to have expertise and you're going to spend a ton of money getting into it. So it's... it's, We're kind of in this spot right now where there aren't many banks doing this. There certainly are some and um, many of them are VC non-bank providers that are going out there finding bank partners in there because I think that's the the banks themselves don't wanna build that infrastructure. Not many banks wanna build that infrastructure. So you still have this slightly inefficient model where the technology, as cutting edge as it is, is still finding a relatively archaic way to connect to small banks that don't want the technology or can't build the technology themselves. We said from the get-go when we came into this thing, like we said in episodes one or two or something, that you know we knew when we came into payments, we had to be technology forward to differentiate from our competitors. It's just that we're. It's very fortuitous that that timed out very nicely with this, you know, this big um, wave of, of fintech and bank as a service and all those things. I just it time, we timed it well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, and I think our expertise too, the 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 staff that we have on board. I mean, you're adding more people to the real bank as a service, the open CP vertical of Central Payments than anywhere else.
0: Look, we never say sponsor bank at Central Payments. Um, Four-letter word. It is to some extent now, and we also try not to say bank very often. I mean, we're a platform company. Mm-hmm. The, the the charter, the the capabilities of the financial charter is a an enormous service that not many have, huge differentiator. But in the end, it's it's just part of the platform. That's right. Perfect. Bank is a service. Twenty minutes.
1: There you have it. Real. Real bank is a service. Bank is a service. Thanks, Trent. Good good insight. Um, yeah. We'll uh, catch up with you next time. Cheers to that. Cheers, friend. See you next time.
0: There you have it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FinTech Brews and News. Keep up with all the content and cool stuff happening at Falls FinTech and Central Payments by checking out our website, our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. I'm Nikki Roby, And I'm Trent Sorby. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers